the IZ Robot Stuck at Home Show. Hey kids, it is me, it's your dude, I see robots and we're back from another super fun episode of the Stuck at Home Show. That's the one where, like, the entire world is on lockdown, we're all trapped inside the house, we can't do anything that we enjoy, and everything is, everything is whack, everything is boring, but I am here. I am your bright light from a shining star. I am the promise of a better tomorrow. I am IC Robots, and today we're gonna have, like, we're gonna have so much fun. We're gonna, we're gonna talk about this we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about baseball cards. We're going to talk about just, I don't know, man, all kinds of, all kinds of fun, interesting stuff. It's going to be the time of your life. You're going to have, you're going to have such a good time. Let's see what, uh, let's see what we have right here in my hand. I got a pack of mini mates. I found this one. I found this one under the couch in the office. I was, I was in here looking for something underneath there. I'll talk about that at a later date. I, I was looking for something and I found it and I've been using it, but I, I was under there poking around and I found this pack of mini mates. That must have fallen back there at some point, and I just completely forgot about it. This is this is a Marvel Mini Mates two pack from Toys R Us, Toys R Us exclusive, even so it's it's been down under there for a while. This is the White Tiger and a Hand Ninja. This set seems to be sort of Daredevil based. When you flip over the uh, when you flip over the packaging and take a look at the other side, you can see there's Daredevil, there's Elektra, there's a Hand Ninja. There's a Spider-Man, there is a White Tiger, the original White Tiger, and there is the new, the new White Tiger, as well as Iron Fist. Out of this set, I know I have Iron Fist, I have this Daredevil, I have the Hand Ninja, I have, I think I might have actually this whole entire set. This is when I was like crazy into Mini Mates and I was buying every, everything that, uh, everything that was out there. Let's pop this one open and take a look. There's no, no need for the Switchblade, the Arthur Fonzarelli brand Switchblade, shout out to Escolito. At this point, but we got the two figures on the tray. The hand ninja is wearing red. He comes with a ninja sword as well as some uh, hands that he could sh switch out and some some feet. It looks like he's wearing boots and the boots come off and he can replace the red feet with those boots. If he's going more more like stealthy, stealthy ninja, he's cool. Army builder, the um, the white tiger, on the other hand, you know, now that I'm looking at this. I think all these weapons go with the hand ninja. He has a sword, a bow, an arrow that snaps into the bow, and two sides like Electra. That's that's pretty cool, man. He's a well-equipped figure. And since he can't carry all these things, you can like give some of them to other dudes and kind of balance it out. That's that's pretty fun. But the white tiger doesn't come with any sort of accessories at all. The white tiger is a daredevil-based character, like we said earlier. I was I was reading Daredevil around the time she was introduced. Like, her deal is that she has this necklace, this jade necklace. That also coincidentally, like, comes from the same place that uh, Iron Fist comes from. And she has this necklace, and this necklace gives her, like, super strength, super speed, all these abilities and stuff. And she goes to Daredevil for training. And one of the things I, like, super distinctly remember is, like, the training session starts with the two of them on a roof. And the Daredevil is like, look... And he jumps off the roof. And as he's jumping off, he's like, follow me. If you can't do this, if you can't leap off this roof, there's no way you're going to make it in the superhero game. And I, I I, started thinking about that. And I'm just like, dude, I could not jump off of a roof no matter no what. I don't think that I would just be able to uh, make myself physically jump off the roof. Like, I've never, I've never not never jumped out of a plane or never not never done any of that kind of stuff. I just don't have that, that daredevil vibe, as it were. The idea of actually, like, making my feet leap off of a roof 
into the nothing. It's something I, I just, like, I can't even imagine. I cannot even imagine doing that. It's crazy. And to think that, like, every hero out there, your Batman, your Robin, your Batgirl, your Huntress, why am I only naming, like, DC Batman-related characters when I'm sure other people have done it too, Moon Knight. Everybody in the world, everybody in the comic book game, superhero game who can't fly, at some point while, like, skulking around a roof, decides to just, like, leap off. I guess it takes an incredible amount of courage to be a superhero, something that your boy, your boy, I see robots, does not have in spades. I do not really know what happened to the White Tiger as a character. For a while, she was pretty big in in, in the Daredevil books. This is when uh, Brian Michael Bendis was writing them. I was like crazy into Daredevil at the time. I liked the character in the comics a lot. I got to admit, I'm not like a giant fan of the uh, TV show, the Netflix show, but I love the uh, Daredevil comics. I dig the, I dig like the street level vibe. In a hero, I don't go so much for, like, the cosmic tales and things of that sort. I like to see dudes wearing silly costumes out on the streets beating people up. That's just me. That's my preferred genre of comic, I think. And the Daredevil has that. He has that in uh, maximum levels. He had, like, this, like, street-level team he was working with. He was kind of putting together, like, the Black Tarantula, the White Tiger, and then he was working with... Power Man and Iron Fist, as well as, like, a bunch of other dudes. For a while, Bendis really had, like, he really had it going on in, in in the Daredevil books, for sure. I'm still picking up that little crackle on the microphone, and I don't know what it is. I have gone through, like, every recording setting that I, I can imagine, but I, I can still hear it. I don't I don't know what it is. I've kind of altered a million different things, how far I am from the microphone, just all, all, all sorts of things like that. But I, I just actually resubscribed to uh, Daredevil at ComicsZone.com. That's why I order my comics online. They they send them to me once a month. I haven't I haven't read a Daredevil in a while. I've been kind of like all on the um on the DC tip. But they recently announced that they were ending Young Justice. That's one of the titles that I read. They're gonna end that with issue issue number twenty. I just got issue number twenty in, in the mail, so I decided that it was time to uh take a look into something else. And I was like, I don't I don't even know what's out there right now at the moment. I don't know what's getting published, like, regularly. I don't really know what's great. There's no Wizard magazine anymore for me to follow, and I just, like, I don't know what's a good source of comic commentary. I have no idea. If you guys, if you guys have any comic book recommendations, any monthly comics that, uh, you think I might like, hit me up, dude, because I've also read that Bendis is gonna stop working on Superman. He's gonna stop working on action comics in a while, so I'm gonna have a couple slots in my comic roster that I can fill with some different things. So if you got any suggestions, hit me up. I'm open. I'm open to, uh, interesting ideas. I'd like to read something by Image, maybe? I've always had a lot of success with Image books. I, I was on The Walking Dead for years. I've read, like, a ton of their things and, and really enjoyed it. I might stick with, I might stick with action comics. That seems like one everybody should read who's in the comics. That's, like, the Time magazine. That's, like, the Life magazine. That's, like, the sports illustrated of comics in that it's just... It's the one classic, action and detective. I don't read detective. I have in the past, but I, I think I'm going to keep up on on uh, action, get rid of Superman, and then I have the slot open for that. I recently added G.I. Joe to my comics. I don't know if G.I. Joe's any good at this point. I have no idea what's going on in any way, but I said I'll, I'll jump back into that. And then I... I don't know. I'm thinking of divesting myself from all my DC comics because the DC Universe app that I that I use right now, shout out to my man Potomac, who I know is a user as well. That's going to be flipping to something I think it's called DC Unlimited. I don't remember what it's going to be called, but they're going to get rid of all the video content, all the Teen Titans, 
all the star girls, all the things are moving off to various different networks. And it's going to be like 100% comic focused, but they're going to be upping the comics a lot in that they're going to, at this point, I think, I think the books get onto there after a year. Now they're going to get up after, after six months, there's going to be more like graphic novels on there, more things like that. They're hoping to improve it a lot, hoping to improve the comic experience overall. So by getting my DC comics that way, I might have spaces for other things from other publishers. Like I just added a Marvel book, Daredevil. I added an IDW book being G.I. Joe. And I do have some space to try something out from Image or one of these other publishers. So if you know anything out there that's fun, hit me up, dude. Hit me up. I'm I'm open. I'm open to all ideas. I said that a minute ago, but I'm still I'm still into it. Let's uh let's move forward into the show a little bit. We're gonna find out um what what kind of sort our guy Gino Vega has been doing with Siri as of late. As a boy, accident took his sight, but gave him superhuman senses. I didn't get your name. I didn't get it. To battle the ultimate enemy, Bullseye. Ben Affleck, Jennifer Garner. Daredevil. I have to go. My bodyguard is here. Your bodyguard? PG-13, February 14th, only in theaters. Are you there, Siri? It's me. It's me. It's Gino V. Hey, this is me, Isaac Robots. We're back for more of the show. This is a segment called uh, Siri, Are You There? It's me. It's me. It's Gino V. And I I feel like there's a bit of explaining involved with this. My guy, Gino Vega, somehow got me mixed up with Siri on his phone contact. So he keeps sending me his Siri queries, and I i think some of them are kind of fun. I always answer to the best of my ability to him, so I don't even know if he knows that, like, I'm getting these, but uh, I i got a few more that I thought were worth mentioning, so let's let's jump into that. The first one, and my guy must have been on um, some kind of a kick with this superhero character. I don't really, um, I don't really know what that was about, but the first one goes, the first one goes, Siri. What's the first appearance of Plastic Man? I did not know the answer off the top of my head on this one. I knew it was some very old comic. I think it was called Police Comics. So I just answered my guy. Plastic Man's first appearance was Police Comics number one. It came out a long time ago. He seemed to accept this. He didn't ask any more questions regarding the first appearance. He may have, like, he may have Googled it himself. But then a few minutes later, I got another question. Siri. Are Plastic Man's goggles his goggles, or are they part of his body? I, I thought that was an interesting question. Plastic Man, as you know, has the stretching powers of, like, a Reed Richards, but he goes into more more of a tip where, like, he changes himself into different shapes. Whereas, like, our guy Reed just stretches and reaches in, in different directions. Plastic Man will, like, he'll turn into a basketball, or he'll turn into, like, a dresser and go under disguise or whatever. So I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna go ahead and say... In response, that Plastic Man's goggles are for sure part of his body. When he when he changes into a lamp, the lamp doesn't have, like, goggles that fall off because lamps don't have ears. And you need ears to hold up your glasses. So I'm going to say, yes, for sure. The goggles are part of his body. And then still must being on, on the Plastic Man tip. This question came in, like, a few, maybe, like, three minutes later. Siri, who is the stretchiest? Mr. Fantastic, the elongated man or Plastic Man. I thought 
this was interesting too. I, I think that like right off the bat, you're gonna have to go with Plastic Man on this because he has far more shape-shifting abilities than the other two. Reed, like I said, for being just like as smart as he is, he doesn't get the most out of his powers because it just kind of like stretches in this way, stretches in that way. And Elongated Man is very similar, but Plastic Man, this guy must have like some kind of a really interesting abstract mind because he can turn himself into like a, into like a hot air balloon and somehow fly into space without having a heater. He could turn himself into a car and, like, drive. So I don't even know he has the ability to, like, turn his insides into some kind of a motor with, like, a carburetor and a starter and all these things. that can somehow, like, fire up and pump the pistons and move the wheels. It's crazy, man. I don't know, but the dude can do it. So I am going to have to go Plastic Man on this one. And then our guy, he was still, he was still on the Plastic Man tip. And he asked me another interesting one that I really had to, like, dig into the databanks to find info on. It went like this. Siri. Who was Plastic Man's arch enemy? The answer is Plastic Man's arch enemy is a guy named Dr. Dome. And Dr. Dome is basically just like your generic mad scientist type. And he wears like, he wears what looks like a bowl, like a metal bowl. And he looks through the eye holes. I, I wasn't able to glean a lot out of him except for that. I guess in the Crisis on Infinite Earth, Dr. Dome was uh, disintegrated from all of existence and hasn't come back. So it may be that like, it may be that we never see the brilliant Dr. Dome again. But at one point we were lucky enough to have Dr. Dome appear in a uh, episode of the Super Friends. He's kind of in the back. He's Plastic Man's arch enemy. It was, it was a wacky time with all kinds of dudes who could stretch and all kinds of guy who's uh, wore bowls on their heads as a power. Dr. Dome. Was Baby Plast canon? When Gino Vega asked me that question, or he asked his Siri that question, I... I immediately understood what was going on. Our dude was at home watching Plastic Man cartoons, the late 70s cartoons. That's cool, man. I haven't seen that one in years, but now that uh, Genovic has brought it back to my mind, I, I might dig into that. I do not think Baby Plast was ever canon. I imagine that it's possible that at some point she might have made, he might have made some kind of an appearance. It's possible. Anything's possible, I guess, especially back in the 70s when the when the cartoon came out. But a uh, big shout out to Gino Vega. I appreciate this. I I think that you guys are aware. You can check him out every Wednesday on the Icy Rivers Radio Network, the Mr. Sensational Gina Vega podcast. He's here talking about his lunches. You can find him at Sensational Vega on the tweets. He's on Facebook, Gino Vega. He's all over the place, dude. Just look anywhere and you shall find. Thanks to him. Let's move forward. Yes, take a look at these sports cards. The great new would we live the great moments of sports. You know that. In front of each card, a full color picture. You know that. Special symbols tell you at a glance the contents of all the cards and let you file them as you wish. On the back, dozens of fascinating facts. For record, who broke them and when? You know that. Plus the athlete story, his achievements and setbacks. Up next, a trip into the world of sports trading cards with the rated bookie Fruler, I see Robot. All right, this is me, and we are back. This is a new segment that we are going to call Baseball Card Jones, in which I talk about some of the baseball cards that I have bought as of late. I used to be, like, crazily into baseball cards. Me, my dad, and my brother. We all collected. We would go to shops. We would have a good time. But over the years, I kind of fell out of the hobby. And recently, some, like, some like eBay searches, because I've been stuck inside the house, just like you guys. I've been poking around, poking around eBay, seeing what the prices of various things are, just, just to kind of pass the time. And I started looking at baseball cards, and I discovered that a lot of the cards that I coveted back when I was younger are now, like, like two or three or four dollars, even less in a lot of cases. So I... I've been buying some cards, some cards that I wanted back in the day, and I thought I would I would share some of them. For those of you who like baseball, 
If you don't, I understand. I'll try to make it interesting anyway. I'll, I'll kind of ruminate, share some tales and stuff. The first one I got is a 1978 rookie pitcher's card, which has the rookie first appearance of my favorite baseball pitcher back in the olden days of baseball, Jack Morris. Back in the day when we used to live over in the other side of Rincon Valley, I was, for some reason, probably just like the impetuousness of youth, I didn't like the local team. So I decided I, decided I was going to be a big fan of the Detroit Tigers. And the Tigers' ace... Their best pitcher, their number one dude, was this guy, Jack Morris. And I thought this guy was like, he was super great. He could throw hard. He won 20 games a year. He had a big mustache. Dude had it all, as far as I was concerned. So I really, so I really, really, really wanted this card back in the day. But this was like a $25 card, because Homeboy's in the Hall of Fame now. But I was able to get this for like $3 a ship. So I'm very, very happy I got this uh, Jack Morris 1978 rookie. Goes along with my Alan Trammell and my Sweet Lou Whitaker rookies, trying to uh, fill out my rookie set of the world champion 88 Tigers. I'm well, I'm well on my way. The next one, let's see what's inside this here. I haven't opened this one yet. Let me cut this open here. I got the, I got the scissors. I need the more precise blade of a scissor rather than the, rather than the Arthur Fonzarelli brand switchblade. I don't want to accidentally cut the card. I cut the cardboard though that was casing it. Let's see what we got. We got in here. Oh, this is a, this is a Greg Maddox rookie card. Greg Maddox was the best pitcher of the 1990s for sure. Dude was like, dude was kind of small, only going in at a buck fifty, but he had incredible control. And he really um was really like a dominant force. And I always wanted his I always wanted his rookie card because I respected that like he won games with his control. I thought that was really great. I got this one for a dollar shipped. It came in an envelope with a stamp, but I, I jumped in the last second of an auction. I bid like a dollar and I won. So I'm happy to have that. That's a good one. At this time, he's a player for the Cubs on the card. This card has a price tag of $22 on it. So at one time, someone was trying to get that for it. And then I got a Donruss King Griffey Jr. rookie. This one was also a dollar. This was a a high value card back in the day. Not as much as the upper deck King Griffey Jr. But this was like a $15, $20 card. And then let's see... The final one I got in here, let me examine this. I think I have another one, actually. I apologize. I, I have two. Two more cards. This is a 1984 Don Ross. No, this is a 1984 Topps Kirby Puckett rookie card. This was a card that I wanted so bad back in the day, but this was like a $30, $40 card because our guy Kirby Puckett, who played for the Minnesota Twins, outfielder for the Twins, dude could hit. Dude could rake. He was smacking singles, smacking doubles, homers. Stealing home plate. He was fat, which was cool too, because dude could bust out, steal second base. He was like five foot four with 300 pounds. I'm just kidding. What did he weigh? He was five foot six and he weighed 175 as a rookie, and it only went up from there. But dude was an amazing athlete. Dude was an incredible hitter. He looked like he was going to like destroy every record that had ever been recorded. But sadly, our guy Kirby Puckett passed away. I think it was leukemia, far too young. I I really was hurt by that, but I'm happy, I'm happy to have this card here. I got this one for $3, a little bit more. These are the shipped prices, and this was a pretty high-value card, dude. People thought that, like, Kirby Puckett was going to get, like, 7,000 hits. I think he ended up getting, like, 3,000, over 3,000, which is, which is amazing. That's, like, that is guaranteed in the Hall of Fame, 3,000 hits. And then the final baseball card that I have here is a 1983, no, it is a 1982 Tops card number 83 New York Yankees feature stars. And the first of the feature stars is a guy named Steve Balboni that me and my brother used to like a lot. I have, I have no idea 
how we got on the Steve Alboni tip when we were younger, but dude had like this amazing mustache. Like this amazing, just like mouth bristle mustache. And we thought it was like the funniest, coolest thing ever. We were just like, at the time, really, really into making fun of people with mustaches. I don't know where that, I don't know where that started, but you know how it is with like you're a kid and you'll get like this weird notion in your head. You just kind of, you kind of keep running with it and running with it and running with it until you get to the point where you faint. Well, me and him making fun of baseball card players' mustaches was like, it was one of these jokes. And this guy, Steve Balboni, had a giant round head with a little bitty Yankee hat and a giant mustache. We just thought he was like the coolest guy. We thought this guy, this guy, Steve Macaroni, Steve Balboni, Steve Salami. We thought his name was like, we thought it was so great. We had so much fun cracking on this guy. That was a big part of our baseball fandom. We would make fun of baseball players who were far better athletes, far more successful people than we would ever be. We were just dumb kids, but we'd have fun making fun of them. And this guy, Balboni, he was one of our favorite targets. I'm really happy to have this card. I got this one at an eBay auction for a dollar. I jumped in last second. I bid a dollar, dollar shipped. Here's the kicker. The card is signed. It's signed by Steve Balboni. Is it really? I don't know. I have no idea. But then again, why would somebody fake a Balboni autograph and only get a dollar for it? Maybe they thought there would be more. Maybe they thought there was a much bigger Steve Macaroni, Steve Balboni rookie card uh, agenda. But I don't know. I'm, I'm super happy to have this. This one is a rare find. I took a picture of it and I sent it to my brother and he's like, what an amazing artifact. You've got the Steve Balboni rookie and it's even signed by the guy who sold it to you. But I'm happy. It's all good. Let's, uh, let's move forward. We're going to cap off Baseball Card Jones here, and we're going to move forward. Be back in a sec. Rock and roll could never hip-hop like this. Our Records presents... Our Records presents... Our Records presents... All men, no matter what field of endeavor they pursue, feel the spirit of the Yule season. That is, all men except... I see very But I can no longer use you. We become automated. Why? No one can turn out the quality of work that I do. That's true. I see very You take too long. I need quantity, not quality. I have inventories to fill. Profit margins to maintain. This is a business. You said you were not interested in quality. Well, it was... Give me my machine. It's worthless. it out. It is me, Icy Robots, and I am back for what will probably be the final segment of the show, The End, The Way Out, a segment known as the HPI. Man, my HPI, the Horsepower Initiative, has been, it's been in a state of flux as of late. I've been on a diet. I've been cutting my calories down, like, like, weigh a lot. I don't want to, I don't want to say the number because I don't want to affect what, what you guys do in your caloric life, but it's, um, much lower 
than I was at a, at a at a recent date. At a recent date, I've been like hanging and clanging like crazy, flipping tires, tossing big, heavy things around the backyard, doing doing everything I could do to get that horsepower up. But I I was bulking up a little bit, so I decided to cut my calories in hopes of leaning out over a couple month period. I'm. I'm doing more, like, exercise in the vein of, like, walking and bike riding lately as well. I'm trying to, uh, change my metabolism, get it, get it kick-started along with the low calories. I am right now, like, I am, like, so tired because I am in between the, um, morning, the morning breakfast and the lunch. And as it, and as it nears the next meal, I, I really start to feel it because my calories are so low. What I... What I like to do is I skimp on the lunch. I eat the breakfast. I eat, like, a grapefruit. I eat three slices of bacon. And then I eat a bowl of oatmeal. That comes out to be, like, 225 calories. Usually that holds me up until up until lunchtime pretty good with doing some chores and doing some stuff around the house. And then when lunch comes, I'll, I'll add, like, another 200, 250 calories. And I'll eat, like, I don't know, a cup of noodles a lot of the time because that's really easy. Or I'll eat, like, some leftovers from the day before. But in between doing that... I munch on carrots. I usually go through a couple carrots because carrots are like, they're pretty filling as it goes. If you're eating like a full on carrot, not like baby carrots, they're pretty filling as far as your stomach goes. And they're just like, they are like a negligible calorie. If I really start to fade, like if I start to fade and I get really hungry, I'll fold and eat a banana. Or if I really feel like I've earned it because let's say I went like on a long walk or on a bike ride or did something like that, I'll, I'll treat myself to like a low calorie smoothie. Like we talked about a few episodes, I'll mac down like some kale a banana, a handful of whatever fruits in the fridge, usually like a strawberries are in there or like a blackberries are in there or something like that, like a handful of the berries. And I used to mix that off with a bit of orange juice as a way to like lubricate the fruit. But now I just use plain water and I toss in a couple ice cubes to kind of give it like a, like an icy kind of um, mouthfeel. So I've been doing that. And then for dinner, We'll have some kind of like a protein and I'll, I'll usually request like two or three different like uh, vegetable sides, like cauliflower and some broccoli and a baked potato just so I can really get like, so I can get really full because this is what I, this is what I work for. This is what I work for during the day. I keep my calories low. I try to keep my fitness high because I want to have like a decent snack before I go to bed, like some chips, some tortilla chips and salsa, or maybe even like a small popsicle cone or something like that. I want to... I want to go to bed feeling like I've earned something nice over the day, so I'll save up the calories for that. And it's been working pretty good. I actually haven't had, like, any kind of a hardship sticking with it as so far. I'm hoping to get the, uh, get the old body transforming once again. And it's, it's always fun to, um, keep track of things. I have a food tracker app on my phone, and I enter, like, every single thing that I eat. And it's good to, it's good to try to hit your calorie goals. It's like a game. It's like a daily game. It also keeps track of the nutrients inside my food so I can see how close I'm coming to like my my recommended vitamin A or my recommended vitamin C or if I'm getting near my recommended sodium because your boy kind of does like the sodium when you have like a couple noodles or whatever, dude, that really that really starts to push it up toward the uh, 100%. As far as exercise, we have been going out on a couple hikes a week. We've been hitting up these trails in Annadale. That's the state park in our town. The The best one we've been doing right now is the Vietnam Vets Trail as it leads into, into Annadale. And it gets pretty, pretty neat in there. It has like that dark forest of indoor vibe with moss 
and all kinds of fun stuff. If you follow me on Instagram, that's Instagram.com backslash robots. You can see a lot of my, you can see a lot of my pics of me walking the earth and doing stuff like that. It's, it's been pretty fun and pretty satisfying. I've always been like an avid walker. Like I like to go for walks and walk around and stuff. And it's fun to get your feet like on uneven surfaces, you know, on the dirt in the ground, in the earth, and, like, climb up things and go around things. It's very, it's very nice. It's a challenge. This hike we've been taking is mostly uphill. So we got that going for us, too. I recommend doing some hiking if you're still in an area that hasn't, like, hasn't started snowing yet. And even if it has, people still do, like, walks and hikes to some degree in the snow, right? You wear snowshoes or cross-country skis or whatever. People still go out. Do your best to go out. It's always important to get some, get some sun, get some exercise, go for a jog, go for a walk. Do some push-ups. There's all kinds of fun things that you can do to try to stay fit. But the, the key idea is just keep moving, dude. The motion is the lotion, as they say. I had a friend who used to say that all the time. The motion is the lotion, dude. Meaning... You gotta get up, you gotta get moving. Once you're going, it's like you start you start to stay in motion, as they say. I think that I think that's about it for this week. I'm not gonna give you guys any kind of an assignment. We're going into the uh, Christmas month. So just no push-ups right now, no squats right now, unless you want to. If you really, really want to, and I hope that you do, but there's none assigned for me. We're gonna give everyone a break. We're gonna go for walks. Go out at night and walk around and look at all the Christmas lights. That's fun. We we do that when the wife gets off work. We'll go all the way around the long blocks and check out all the different houses with the Christmas lights. And that's, that's a fun way to enjoy some crisp air and also burn some calories at the same time. So take that to heart. Do that. I'm sure that you will enjoy it. We'll be back soon. We'll be back with something fun in a little bit. But until we do, this show's a little bit shorter than usual a few minutes shorter but i gotta i gotta go eat that banana i'm fading right now so until we meet again do the time don't let the time do you time seem hard right now but you gotta believe things are getting better birds are migrating again rains are back stuff's stuff's getting better things are getting better This has been an IC Robots radio production. The announcers on this program are employed by Georgia Championship Wrestling Incorporated. Steve Macaroni, Steve Balbonis. Steve Macaroni, Steve Balbonis. Steve Macaroni, Steve Balboni, Steve Salami. We thought his name was like, we thought it was so great. We had so much fun cracking on this guy. Hit deep to left center field. Way back. Long gone. Way out of here. Tremendous wallop by Balboni. His 15th home run of the season.